0: Hello and thank you for tuning into Bible Study. I hope you're having a beautiful day. It was a beautiful day here in Taos, New Mexico. We had lots of beautiful rain falling and I'm thankful for the moisture. We're coming to the end of our monsoon season here in New Mexico, but we have been getting lots of rain in parts that we're really needing it. So I'm grateful for the moisture. In fact, some of the places have flooded. So of course, we don't want any people getting hurt or floods, obviously, but today we are talking about just that, facing the furnace. What happens when we're in deep, when we're going through floods, when we're going through fires, facing the furnace? What can we do? Before we get started, let's go ahead and pray. We just come before you, Yahweh, and we just thank you for the awesome privilege it is to worship you, to adore you, to know you. We thank you for the privilege it is to commune with you that no matter what we're facing, no matter what we go through, that we have an advocate, that we have a friend, that we have a father, that we can cry out to you, that you hear our prayers, that you are our great and mighty salvation. We thank you for your salvation today, that no matter what it is that's happening upon this earth, no matter the deep floods, no matter the fires, no matter what it is that we face, that we can always come to commune with you at your table, that you have a invited us to come to commune. We pray that nothing would get in our way of coming before your throne room of grace today, and we pray that we would have eyes to see, ears to hear, and to receive the word that you would speak, that it would land on fertile soil of our hearts today that we would receive your instruction, your wisdom, your counsel, that you would speak to each person that tunes in. And we just thank you for this in Yeshua's mighty name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Again, thank you all for tuning in. This one is titled Facing the Furnace. And of course, we are going to talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the most fiery furnace that is spoken of in scripture. And it's a great metaphor for the things that we go through, when we stand for God and that we will not bow to the ways of the world or bow to the images of man and to man's constructs, that there's consequences that come with that. But we know that Yeshua is with us to deliver us, with us in the fires that we face, in the furnaces that we face. We're going to start off with a psalm of David. And this is when David was going through it. And of course, David had many adversaries. Series. He was hated by many. He had many enemies. He went to war on a consistent basis. Of course, he was a beloved of God and he loved to worship. He loved to praise. He loved his father and he was blessed and he was favored and he was hated. He was pursued by Saul for many years of his life, 15 years of his life. Saul sought to kill him, to destroy him. Even before he became king of Judah, the king of Israel. He had adversaries. Of course, he faced a giant. He faced lions and bears and all of this preparation for what God was going to do in his life. But he went through great trials and he wrote many psalms about them. And we can relate with the psalms that he wrote. We can relate to what he has gone through, applying that to our lives today. And the first psalm that we're going to start off with is Psalm 69, 13 through 20. This is the Amplified Version. Hear the depths of the suffering that David is going through, how deep he's in the (laughs) trial how deep he's going through. In fact, this psalm is one of the most intense psalms of suffering that we read about in all the psalms. I'm going to focus in on a group of passages within this psalm I encourage you to read. The whole thing just to get a whole picture of what he really was in and what he was going through, what he was facing. These were the passages that were especially highlighted to me. David's adversaries are coming and many are against him for no reason at all. It's not because he did something to them. In particular, he went through persecution just like Yeshua. In fact, Yeshua quotes this psalm when he's speaking about his death and his resurrection because they hated him for no reason. And so Yeshua was attacked by his own people, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the religious people, the religious spirit of his time that actually killed him. Of course, death could not hold him. And we spoke about that last week about his resurrection life, that that was not the end of the story. And even as we go through death and resurrection, that's not the end of our stories. But we see here that David, like Yeshua, went through so many things. And we know that as followers, as disciples, as believers, as apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors, as leaders, as followers of our God, that we will go through and suffer trials. But this is David's heartfelt cry. He's struck down he's in the deep in the midst of it but he says but as for me my prayer is to you O lord at an acceptable and opportune time O god in the greatness of your favor in the abundance of your loving kindness answer me with truth that is the faithfulness of your salvation oh we can cry out to our father that he would answer us in truth that he would answer us in the faithfulness of his salvation again i shared with you last time of the salvation of Yeshua and how we encounter that over and over and over again. And how he is so faithful to us, no matter what it is that we're going through. And I was ill in my body. I was sick in my body. And he resurrected me. He brought me from a pit. And this is what David is saying. Rescue me from the mire. And do not let me sink. Mire is like mud. It's like a pit of mud. Let me be rescued from those who hate me and from the deep waters. Do not let the flood water overwhelm me, nor the deep waters swallow me up, nor the pit of Sheol shut its mouth over me. So this is a picture of deep waters. Have you ever been in the ocean of deep waters? You know you're just so small in that. You know that God is the only one that can protect you in those deep and mighty blue waters or the flood waters like we see that we're having here in New Mexico right now. Flood waters that have rushed over the streets and even some people were swept away in New Mexico. We see these things happening in the natural. It says, do not let the flood water overwhelm me, nor the deep water swallow me up, nor the pit of Sheol shut its mouth over me. Answer me, O Lord, for your loving kindness is sweet and good and comforting. According to the greatness of your compassion, turn to me, And His loving kindness is so sweet. It is so good. It is so comforting. No matter what, we can rely, we can depend, we can keep our eyes and our gaze and our hope. In the one who loves us, who has great compassion, who comforts us, who turns to us, He says, do not hide your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Answer me quickly. Draw near to my soul and redeem me. Ransom me because of my dishonor. How I am insulted, my adversaries are all before you, each one fully known. Reproach and insults have broken my heart, and I am so sick. I looked for sympathy, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. He's speaking of the comfort is not coming from the outside, and it's certainly not coming from his adversaries or even those close to him. His comfort comes from God. His comfort comes from the one who brings faithfulness and compassion passion. He's been insulted. He's been dishonored. His adversaries are all before God and known by God, and he's been insulted, and it's broken his very heart. And so he's crying out to God. So we see this situation. We know David went through it. We know Yeshua went through it. We know Paul went through it. We know the great men of faith have all been in these places. You've been in these places. I've been in these places where you cry out to God for his loving kindness to hear you his faithful salvation oh thank you father that we can call out to you no matter what's happening when we're in the deep when we're in the flooding when we're going through or facing the furnace and that's what we're going to talk about next and again this is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and they were faithful devout followers of God, and they're in Babylon, and they're in the king's high courts, so they have a high position, though they're Hebrews, and they will not bow to this statue, this image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Nebuchadnezzar was a great and mighty king of Babylon. He had defeated many nations, including Jerusalem, destroyed Jerusalem, burnt down the city walls, burnt down the temple, took the tribe of Judah into captivity for 70 years. So he was a very mighty king. God allowed him that might, in fact, to bring judgment upon Judah. And so here they are, and they're still favored in the king's court. And they have a lot of pressure on them, of course, to do what the king would have them to do. And there's this image that he set up of gold. It was probably a giant obelisk, a monument to himself, much like the Washington monument that we see in Washington. DC. And the whole nation was called to bow and honor this image that he had set up to honor himself, this gold image. And of course, they will not bow to this image. And it just speaks to me of this world that we live in where we have images of man, we have titles, we have statuses, we have positions, and yet, the scripture tells us that we bow to one God. We don't bow before man. We don't bow before the things of man. I'm not saying that we do not honor one another in love, but I'm talking about bowing to images of man pride, the things that we set up as idolatry in our nation, fame, fortune, kingdoms of man, and we bow before those things and yet here these men will not. And even though they're in Babylon and they have these positions in Babylon, they know who they serve. They will not compromise God's way just to fit in. They kept their diet while they were in Babylon. As honoring to God, they would not eat the king's rich food. They would not eat and drink of the the wine and of the delicacies, they remained faithful to God in the midst of a perverse world. In the midst of an idolatrous world, they remained faithful and they were facing the fire because of it. And I don't know about you, but in this world, when we don't bow to the ways of men and to the things of this world, there will be persecution that comes and we will face fires when we will not bow to the gods of man. We will not bow to men. We bow before the one and only who sits upon the throne of our hearts and to him. We are devoted and to him we choose to follow his ways and follow him no matter what the crowds are doing or saying. And what happened is they were supposed to bow when this music was played and everyone began to worship this image. They were supposed to bow and they would not bow. Nebuchadnezzar was very angry. That's a we're going to look at Daniel 3. We're going to take it up at verse 19. Read the whole chapter. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments and because the king, in his anger, had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed and the fourth looks like a god. Hallelujah, we know who is in that furnace with them. Oh, the son of man. Oh, we just thank you, Father God, that you are with us in the fire. You are with us to deliver us. You are with us no matter what we're going through. As David cried out to you and you saved him many times. As Yeshua died but was resurrected to life, we are resurrected to life. As we face the furnace and we face the the fires. When we will not bow to this world. When we will not bow to the gods of men. You are with us in the furnace. Glory, hallelujah. Praise Him. Notice the fire was so hot it killed the guys throwing them in the fire. And then they're in the fire and they're not even bound. They're not bound by chains and they're not bound by men. And they have not been cinched. They have not been searched. They have not been touched. And the fire was so. Hot, but Yeshua was in the fire. Yeshua is with us. God is with us to deliver us no matter what it is that we're going through, that He is with us because He is faithful, because He is our salvation, because He is our everything. He is with us. We do not have to fear. Of course, they came out of that furnace and they were not burned. They came out of that furnace alive because their God delivered them. And He save them. oh! And they would not bow. But they didn't know that when they stepped into those flames. They knew that they were just following the one true living God. And they were willing to lay down their life. And Yeshua was willing to lay down his life. And we step out into this world. And we are willing to lay down our lives to follow. Hallelujah. And we're going to close with this very last passage. And this is a passage that speaks about the invitation that we have to commit with the one true living God. And we don't have to commune with an image or a title or a man, not for a crowd, not for fame, but to worship Him alone, and that is such a gift. This is a passage where Yeshua was eating at a Pharisee's house. He was eating with him at a table, and he was explaining to him the kingdom and how the wisest thing is to take the lower seat. He's speaking kingdom. Principles, kingdom wisdom, kingdom reality that in the kingdom of heaven to be exalted is to be humble, to be low, to be the servant of all. Of course, this world teaches the opposite. It teaches to exalt yourself, it teaches to lift yourself up, just like King Nebuchadnezzar. He built this image that they were supposed to worship, and yet they would not worship because they knew the God that they serve. They knew the one and only true God. They knew what it's like to be humbled in his kingdom. They knew what it's like to be proud. They knew that their people were in exile because they had exalted other gods. They had followed after the gods of the world. And so they weren't going to do that. Even though they were in Babylon, they had already been in exile because of that, because of the divine judgment of God. And so they weren't going to be bowing. They've already been through that. They saw their city get burned they saw their temple destroyed because of other gods they're not gonna bow to these gods of man so we see that with Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and we see that Yeshua is sitting at the table of this Pharisee and he's there eating with him and of course this Pharisee represents a religious spirit of course they're always trying to find a reason to come against Yeshua they're coming to accuse him about the Sabbath for healing on the Sabbath now he's sitting at the table with this Pharisee And he's telling him to humble yourself, take the lower seat and you will be exalted. And so he's describing kingdom principles to him. And then he gives this parable found in Luke chapter 14, 15 through 21. It says, now, when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, Yeshua said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses the first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. And then the master of the house being angry said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city. I'm bringing here the poor, the maimed, the lame. And the blind. Oh, this parable has so many little hidden nuggets. But I want to especially focus on the fact that there's many invited to this table. And this is a picture, I believe, of communing with the Father, communing at his table. We go through life and we need to sit and take bread in his kingdom, the bread of his body, the wine of his blood coming into his presence to commune with him in that special place of prayer where we just connect to him and to his presence, where we just get fueled up with the nutrients that we need. And yet that invitation is for many and with all one accord. They all had different excuses, possessions. I've got this land, work. I've got these oxen that are going to plow fields. I got to test them out. I just married somebody. I've got this relationship. There's many reasons that we don't commune at the Table And yet that invitation stands for us. And I love this because he sent out his servants. He said, go gather the lame, the blind, the maimed. Those people will come. And that's the thing is Yeshua said, I didn't come for those who were healthy. I came for those who were sick that needed a physician. If they're lacking and they're in need of such love. We can come communing to that table with a heart that is in need. That invitation stands for those that are in need of healing, that are in need of seeing, that are in need of a touch. And I don't know about you, but that invitation stands for those who are out in the streets, in the highways, and the byways. This is an evangelistic call to go out and to gather in people. It's also a call to come, that we're all invited to that table. Will we come? Hallelujah. Father, we just come before you and we thank you for the awesome privilege it is to sit at table to commune with you. We thank you for that privilege that it is to cry out to you like David and that you rescue us as we face furnaces, as we face fires, as we stand for you in a perverted world, God, that we will go through furnaces. We will go through trial, but we can trust that you're with us to deliver us and that we can come to your table, that there is a table that you have laid out for us. Hallelujah. Father, we pray that we would not be distracted by the things of this world, but that we would go and follow you, commune with you, gather in your people, gather in those who are lame, who are lost, who are dying, who are hurting. That that is the call right now at this time. Father, we just thank you that we will continue to persevere and serve your kingdom in Yeshua's mighty, mighty name. Hallelujah. Thank you all for tuning in. I pray this study has blessed you. I pray that you have a beautiful and blessed week and we'll see you next time.